Jesus Unfollower episode number one. This is my story. What is up, my non-believers, doubters, questioners, free thinkers, and anybody else who might be listening? My name's Kevin Crow. I'm the host here at Jesus Unfollower, the podcast. And I guess I should probably explain my views since I just said hello to a bunch of different kind of people. I would define myself as an agnostic atheist. People define atheists in different ways, but to me... It's just a person who lacks a belief in God. It doesn't necessarily mean that you believe that there are no gods that could possibly exist, although some atheists do believe that. There's kind of a, a scale for atheists. You know, there's weak atheists, strong atheists. Uh, I, I would put myself more toward the weak atheist side where I don't believe that there are any gods, but that doesn't mean that there are definitely no gods in my eyes. I'm just waiting on that evidence, you know. Give me some good evidence and maybe I'll believe. And I live in North Georgia, so right smack dab in the heart of the Bible Belt. Being an atheist here is not popular at all. Um, As a matter of fact, I don't know that many atheists. I know a few, and I've only come out to a few. But anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, Episode one here, I'm just going to talk about my story and how I got to where I am. And maybe some of you guys can relate to this. Uh, I grew up Baptist. We didn't go to church all that much, though, um, when I was a kid. We went some, and like we hit a few different Baptist churches after we moved to Georgia. I was actually born in Michigan, but when we moved down here, Mom wanted to get us in church, so she took us to some. Dad never did go very much, but Mom always wanted us to be in church. And, of course, you know, I believed... Back then, I had no reason not to. It's just, that's the way I was brought up. God created us, and here we are. Never really had any questions about it. Never really heard of anybody being an atheist or having different beliefs at all when I was a kid. So that continued on really through elementary school and into middle school. And the first time I ever even thought that God could possibly not exist The first question or doubt that ever crept into my mind was in seventh grade. One of my friends, Justin, brought up Noah's Ark and how he said it couldn't possibly be true. And that was the first time I ever thought, hmm, it is pretty far-fetched, really, when you think about the story and how they fit all the animals onto that boat and, and all that. But that's about as far as it went. I didn't really question anything after that or think about it much more. And life just went on. So I was not really strong in my faith or anything until high school. We started going to a Church of God, Pentecostal church here in town. And immediately I got just absorbed into that atmosphere. It was unlike anything I'd ever seen in my life. People were dancing around the church and shouting and running around, waving flags. And I just thought it was crazy and really intense, but interesting. You know, the music was different than what I was used to. It was more upbeat. 
and I don't know, it was just a, a wild atmosphere. And uh, that was around 16 years old when I started going there. And it didn't take me long to really latch on to that. They put on a big production called Heaven's Gates and Hell's Flames. And if you've never heard of that, please look it up. It's um, pretty intense. It's a drama, like a big play production. And it basically consists of skits, mostly aimed toward teenagers. You know, they had one skit that was teenagers getting drunk and driving and dying in the crash. And then they would go, uh, they would wake up and be dead. And then they would get sent to hell because they drank or whatever. And, and it was really a fear inducing type of play. So after it was over, they would have an altar call and everybody who needed to give their life to God would go up to the altar and get saved. And that's when I went up there. I was 17, I think, when I really dedicated my life to Jesus. That church was all about salvation messages and and backsliding. And you could never, if you sinned, then you know you needed to get back right with God. It wasn't like a a lot of Baptists believe that once you are saved, then you're going to go to heaven no matter what after you give your life to Jesus that one time. It doesn't really matter how you live the rest of your life. Of course, they all want to live holy lives or whatever, but the the Church of God was different because they really focused on sin and backsliding. And if you ever, you know, fucked up, then you needed to get your life back right with God again. So it was a lot of that. Every Sunday was just like dozens of people going up to the altar and giving their life, rededicating their lives. And then, you know, there would be people speaking in tongues in the church. And it was normally just the same few people that would just start calling out in tongues from the congregation. And then the pastor would interpret what that person said. And it was basically like God speaking through the pastor. And nobody really questioned it. Everybody was just like, yep, that's what's happening. Some random person in the congregation starts speaking in tongues and the pastor knows exactly what he said and is relaying it to the rest of us. And that's God's word. And that's completely normal. They also laid hands on people in the church. So you'd go up to the altar and they would, the preacher would come around and put his hand on your forehead and 90% of the people would fall on the ground under the influence of the Holy Ghost and they would start convulsing or, you know, just lay there for 10 minutes and not move and then get up. And I actually did the same thing. I would go up there and I would fall down and lay there for a while. And I think it's just dopamine, you know, a little dopamine rush. There's a lot of science behind big crowds, emotional energy, and just thinking that that's God. Looking back on it now, I just think it was all emotion. So, of course, because they talked about sin so much, one of the main topics was always lust and sex and, you know, don't have sex before marriage, especially being the age that I was, you know, I was still in the youth group sort of because I played bass. I played, you know, in the band, the youth worship band. And so I would be in the youth group services and it was just heavily preached. You know, don't, don't sin, don't lust, 
And a lot of people in that church were getting married young. And so I did the same thing. You know, I, I met my ex-wife, now ex-wife, at that church when she was 16 and I was 19. Uh, so, and we ended up getting married when I was 22 and she was 18. Is that the, is that the right math? I was 23, she was 19, something like that. Anyways, we were both super young, but we didn't want to burn in hell. So we thought it was better, hey, let's get married so we don't lust after each other. And we did. And it was fine for a while, but we were just kids when we got married. So it was just, we didn't know enough about each other. Neither one of us knew who we were yet, really. And so it ended up fizzling out, probably because she fucked a couple other guys. But, you know, that's beside the point. I can't really fault her because I snatched her up out of the cradle and, you know, we got married super young. So I don't want to spend too much time on that part of it. I do think it's funny. Her stepdad was a fucking nut job. He basically kept her from going to church because I was there. He didn't want her to hang around me. He wouldn't let us date. So that's another reason that we got married young. But one time after we were married, they didn't, her, her parents didn't come to the wedding, by the way, of course. But after we were married, we were over at her stepdad's house and he said something that was hilarious to me. He said, now we all know that Disney is evil. And he was talking about how in the movie Snow Dogs, there is a dog who has the name Demon. So I guess uh, that just makes Disney pure evil. I always thought that was hilarious. Even though I was a Christian back then, I still thought that shit was funny. Anyway, not long after I got married, we had a kind of a church split where the youth pastor at the church I was going to left or was fired. There was some confusion there. He didn't know why he got fired, whatever. I went with him. I left that crazy church and went to a less crazy church where he was going to be the youth pastor there still. So, And I was still playing music with the band and stuff. So uh, that was around 2006. And I got that's when I got married, 2006. And then they started their own church, and I went there. And it lasted like a year or two, and then it sort of fizzled out. So that was perfect timing because around that same time, probably like 2010 is when that church really fizzled out. It was also the time where at work, I met one of my coworkers who was a former preacher. I used to go walking around the building on my breaks at work and he was out there smoking one day and we had a conversation he asked me what I believed, and I told him that I was a Christian. And he asked me why, and I sort of went into it. And he told me that he used to be a preacher, and that his church frowned upon him when he wanted to go to college. They said that college was like the de- where the devil operates, because the professors are liberal, and, and they try to teach you all this nonsense. So that threw up a red flag for him, that, hey, they don't want me to go to church, why not? It's just upping my education level, so why wouldn't they want me to go? But he went to college, and then he learned about other religions of the world, and he said that just started to chip away at his faith. You know, He started learning about the religions before Christianity and the other religions of the world, and then he asked me a question that I'll never forget. 
and that led to the start of my deconversion. He said, if you were born in India, don't you think you'd be a Hindu? If you were born in Saudi Arabia, wouldn't you be a Muslim? And man, I, that really instantly just got my wheels turning. And I thought, damn, he's right. If I was born somewhere else in the world, I would believe completely differently from how I do here. So why am I right and those people are wrong? It just it instantly clicked with me and it sort of pissed me off because I was like, man, I've just been living a lie this whole time. But so it didn't take me long at all. At by that point, I was already like barely even going to church. So I, at that point, I just completely stopped. I was like, fuck this. I'm done. This is all bullshit. I'm not going anymore. And that was that. I went through my sort of angry atheist phase, as we all do once we stop believing. It's like a short phase where you're angry and you hate Christianity and hate God, even though you don't really think he exists. You know, you just get mad at everything. So I went through that. But then I became indifferent for a long time. I didn't really care. Like if people believe, that's fine. Let them believe whatever they want to believe. I'll believe or not believe whatever I don't believe. And that went on for years. You know, I had conversations with people, a few people, including that coworker of mine, you know, where we would just talk about it and kind of, I would vent my frustrations about religion, but that was pretty much it. I didn't really care that much anymore about it until recently. About a year ago, I got into a relationship with a girl who was Seventh-day Adventist and Although I, I knew up front that she was a Christian, I thought, you know, we can put our differences aside. It won't be that big of a deal. You know, if she, she believes whatever she does, and, I, you know, I don't believe. We even had a conversation about it in the beginning where she asked me if I was open, and I said yes. You know, but that didn't really mean I was wanting to get converted. So I think we had a little bit of a miscommunication on that. Anyway. I did go to church with her a few times, several times actually. And I was like, you know, whatever, I can deal with this. I love her. I care a lot about her, so I'll go. It's fine. And then when the fall time came, I'm a big football fan. So Saturday is when they had church. Saturday, I'm wanting to watch football on TV. So that's where we kind of butted heads. She said, do you want to go to church? And I said, no, I'm going to stay home and watch the game. And then I said the line that probably killed our relationship, church isn't really my thing. So she wasn't thrilled about that, but she went to church and we had a conversation later about, you know, she asked me, you know, are you really open to believing what I am? And I told her that, I mean, I'm open to believing something. If I have a reason to, I'm not just going to try to believe, you know, something that I want to be true or whatever. But anyway, she asked me to, you know, define what open meant to me. And I asked her to think about if she could be in a relationship with somebody who doesn't believe because that's probably going to be the case. And then a couple weeks later, we were broken up. Really sucks too because I really loved her and I thought about I could really see her as my wife, but we were just on two different pages when it came to religion. You know, if we were going to have kids down the road, she was going to going to want to raise them Seventh-day Adventists, and I was going to want to re- raise them to, you know, teach them how to think, not necessarily what to think. So I know there would be a lot of conflict there. 
So I know now that it's in both of our best interests that it didn't work out. It's, it's better for us both, absolutely. But right after we broke up, like I kind of rolled back into the angry atheist phase a little bit again. I'm like, you know, fuck religion. All it does is just fuck my life up. That's really all it's done, ever. So I was like, I, I've become really passionate about atheism again, about not believing. Uh, I've just, you know, after our breakup, I sort of vegged out. I've been just binging a bunch of YouTube atheists and atheist experience and all that stuff. And it's re just totally refueled my, my passion. So I'm like, you know, I want to get, I want to create a podcast because I know that there are other people like me in the South who kind of keep it on the down low that they don't believe. Uh, there are some Facebook groups and stuff like that, but I know that when I search for atheist podcasts, there are some out there and most, but most of them are like an hour and a half long each or they're you know, radio call-in shows. I just wanted to do kind of a shorter podcast for people who might be driving to work and just want to have somebody coming through their speakers or earbuds that they can relate to a little bit. Like, hey, you know, that's me. I, I live in the South. Or even if you don't live in the South, just if you're surrounded by Christians or religious people or whatever, and you're just different, you're not alone. There's a, there's a bunch of us out here. So, that's pretty much my story. You know, I actually just told my parents for the first time after our breakup, after I broke up, my girlfriend and I broke up. That was the first time I've ever told my parents that I used the word agnostic because atheist has a certain connotation, especially down here. But I, you know, I told them that I don't really believe and I haven't believed for about nine years, but that's the first time I've ever even talked to them about it. So it's kind of, I mean, it's so frowned upon around here to be anything other than a Christian. There are few people who are openly atheist, at least people that I've met anyway. But, you know, the Internet's a wonderful thing. So I created a Twitter, an Instagram under, I mean, it's kind of an alias, but if you want to follow me there, it's at Jesus Unfollower on everything. On Twitter, on Instagram, I got a Facebook page. I haven't really done much with it yet, but I probably will. So, yeah, I love the internet. It I couldn't imagine going through this before the internet. I mean, it would just, I would just feel completely ostracized. But times are different. Anyways, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. And what I'm going to do on, on all these episodes, I'm going to close with a horrible Bible verse. So here is today's horrible Bible verse. We're going to start with a classic. You guys probably know this one. Exodus 21, verses 20 and 21. Anyone who beats their male or female slave with a rod must be punished if the slave dies as a direct result. But they are not to be punished if the slave recovers after a day or two, since the slave is their property. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, when you think about the Bible and all the beautiful scriptures, that's one that just really sticks out to me. You know, as long as your slave doesn't die, then you're not punished. Beat the shit out of them. If they recover in a day or two, hell, they're your property, so no punishment needed. Thanks, God. Appreciate that one. That's, that's the thing that kills me. Okay, I'm not going to finish quite yet. That's the thing that kills me is when Christianity 
talks about morals, right? And you bring up, if you bring up this verse, then they're going to say, well, you're taking it out of context or slavery was normal back then. Hmm. If slavery was okay back then and it's not now, then morals have evolved. Our morals as humans have evolved, but the morals of the Bible have not evolved. Jesus never spoke against slavery whatsoever, amongst other things. So is, is the Bible really the source for good morals? I don't think it is. I think it's humans as we evolve and progress through time. And we decide, you know what? That's fucked up. We shouldn't do that. Anyways, thanks for listening. There's going to be new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. So twice a week, short episodes, 15 to 30 minutes. If you would, please follow me everywhere, at least on Instagram and Twitter, at Jesus Unfollower. I'd really appreciate it. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd love to chat with you guys. Until then, catch you on the flippity flip.